The reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about half a litre of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray, betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a, a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Lydia. I'm one of the children's ministers here at St. Paul's. Uh, it's lovely to welcome you here on this gloriously sunny evening. It's a joy to behold that sun coming through the window. As I was thinking about this passage, and can I just say I love the Gospel of John, so it's a real honor and privilege to be speaking on this this evening. I was reminded of um, my ministry over the last few years, so uh, I've been a children's worker, I've been a youth worker, and I've probably done children's work since I was about 13. I'm not going to tell you my age, but that's quite a while. That's quite a while. Uh, and I was thinking about um, my hair in my ministry. Now, bear with me, because that probably sounds a bit strange. Uh, but when you do youth work, and when you do children's work, you find yourself in situations where you, um, you don't really know how you end up there, but your hair, in particular, uh, might be the subject of messy games. So it may end up with copious amounts of hair gel, or shaving foam, or Cheetos, or straws, or other weird objects. That has definitely been my experience. I don't know about the youth here at St. Paul's whether uh, you do that sort of thing, Lizzie, but uh, if not, there's a game suggestion for you. I have also, in the course of my youth work career, had water poured on my hair. I've had apple juice poured on my hair. I can't remember the significance of that one. Um, I've had ketchup squirted into my hair at uh, maybe a slightly rougher youth group. So there's been all sorts of things that have happened in my ministry with my hair. And it's not really been much better in my personal life. When I was younger, I never used to brush my hair, disclaimer, so I used to get hairbrushes caught in there. My hair has probably been dyed every color of the rainbow. 
And now that I have a toddler, I don't want to think about how much toddler snot has been wiped in my hair. <laughs> Suffice to say, it's, it's probably a lot. Uh, so why am I sharing this this evening? You probably are thinking that. I'm sharing this uh, because in my ministry, there have been times where it has been, my hair has been messy, it's been chaotic, it's, you know, it's not been polished, but it has been used and utilised for a purpose that I think and hope has gone beyond a stupid game or beyond um, just having Cheetos thrown at me. I hope there has been something deeper, more significant going on. Just like this wonderful act of Mary's devotion as she pours this expensive perfume on Jesus and then she wipes it with her hair. Today I'm going to be thinking a little bit about how we can give our best, looking at Mary's example as a sort of framework for what that might mean for us in our lives and this beautiful act of devotion, what we can learn. So I want to say three things this evening. I want to say that we act in response to Jesus, always. I want to say that there will always be others who will critique or maybe condemn or criticize our actions. And I want to end by saying that Jesus' response is the only one that matters. So let me pray for us. Father God, thank you that you are good. Lord Jesus, thank you that you entered into Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday. We remember your triumphal entry as king. And we remember how you entered in incarnationally into this world and into many of our lives. And we thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for us. And I pray that we would know that you enter in to our lives right where we are. We don't have to be polished. We don't have to be perfect. But I thank you that you are real and you are present. And I pray we would know your presence here this evening. Amen. So this passage, like I've already said, it's really beautiful. It's really poignant. And it's full of kind of um, significance and poignance. It's coming just after Lazarus has been raised from the dead. And it's coming just before their Passover celebration. So actually, thoughts about um, death and miraculous life and freedom and rescue, that would have all been in the air, in the ether, as they sort of were gathering for this meal. And the context that's given in verse 2 is that this is a dinner being given in Jesus' honor. So the family present, they, say Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, they know what Jesus has done. And they are keen to honor him and make it known, the amazing life he has brought back into their family. And in verse 3, we see Mary, don't we? We see this act of love, of gratitude, of amazement, of wonder, of awe, as she anoints Jesus with this beautiful, expensive perfume. And then she wipes that perfume with her hair. Her response to what God has done is to give her best. Literally, this would be the most expensive thing she owns, this perfume. She literally pours it out at his feet, at his feet poured out with love. And then she wipes his feet with what would have been considered her best physical attribute. We read elsewhere in the Bible that a woman's hair was considered her glory. So she's using the best of what she has and the best of who she is to honor Jesus in that moment. 
And I love the phrase that follows in verse 3. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. There was this sense that everyone around, everyone could smell it, everyone could sense, everyone could see this beautiful, incredible thing she'd done. Everyone was affected by this display of love. The fragrancy of the perfume is measured by the extent of its permeation. And like I've said a few times now, this is a beautiful act of devotion to Jesus. It is a visible act. It is a smellable act. So what can we learn about giving our best from Mary's example? So number one, like I said, giving our best is always as a response to who God is and what he has already done. Mary was responding to who she knew Jesus was and the life that he had brought into her family by raising Lazarus from the dead. He'd given her teaching. In the previous chapter, we we see him revealing that he is the resurrection and the life. So Mary knew these truths about Jesus, and that is what she is responding to. That is the reason for this act of love simply because of who Jesus is and what he has done in her life. And we, as Christians, we are always acting in response to God. That is the reason I would say tonight that we are to give our best. It's not because we're trying to earn anything, but we are always acting in response to God. God is and always has been. And we are always acting almost in reflection to him. And it's not always that he's giving us the things that we're asking for, and it's not always that he's necessarily working in our circumstances the way we would have him work, but simply who he is, simply his goodness, and what he has achieved for every single one of us upon the cross. So again, a reminder, this meal was set just before Passover, we're told, And that was hugely significant for the Jews. I think we miss sometimes how important that would have been. It was probably the most important event of the Old Testament. There is, you know, nothing perhaps more symbolic than God's incredible, incredibly redemptive power working in the lives of the Israelites as he rescued them from Egypt. He rescued them from slavery, from bondage. And now we know, don't we, post crucifixion, post-resurrection, we know Jesus as the true Passover lamb, the one who has redeemed all of us eternally from bondage, from slavery to sin, from death. Jesus uh, brought physical life to Lazarus, didn't he, when he rose him from the dead? But we have been given that spiritual life through Jesus, through his death and his resurrection which of course impacts our physical life. It's not just a sort of, we're gonna have eternity forever. That impacts our day-to-day now, here, in the present. If you're a Christian here tonight, and I'd probably define a Christian as someone who simply desires to follow Jesus, giving our best is a forever response to God's goodness. He is our why. He is our reason. This isn't an arbitrary try your best or do good attitude. This is as a response to who God is. 
it's not about earning salvation. None of us can earn salvation. It is an incredible gift from God. And I'm not talking about a works-based lifestyle. But it is about love and gratitude shaping everything. And our lives being poured out like Mary's offering, poured out like that expensive perfume, poured out at Jesus' feet. So number two, there will always be other voices, I think, speaking in that may criticize or condemn our relationship with Jesus or our sense of giving our best or our outward acts of service. Sometimes I don't think we're going to necessarily hear those voices. Sometimes I think those voices might be in our own head. Sometimes I think those voices are spiritual attack. Um, But I think those voices are always going to exist. And we see that in verses 4 to 5. We see Judas. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was, a, it was worth a year's wages. It's kind of a response I think a few of us can imagine all too well, isn't it? Because on the surface, it seems fair enough. It seems like quite a utilitarian, utilitarian can't speak, sorry, a form of actually... That money could have been given to the poor. But it's a criticism of her act of love, isn't it? And it's, it's shrouded in this well-meaning language. Um, yeah, maybe it's a fair point. But the author of John is quick to highlight that Judas's interests were more for himself than the poor here. Uh, we see that he was the keeper of the money bag, so actually he was interested in what he could take out of that money bag So, of course, he was interested in what was put into that money bag. His intentions were not pure. There was a self-seeking concern, and that is what drove his criticism of Mary's act. I think giving our best, giving our all to Jesus, will incite something in other people, particularly when it's countercultural, particularly when it stands out, particularly when it's visible. So if, for example, you, uh, maybe you work in a really unhappy kind of office, and maybe your act of trying to give your best, of trying to be wholehearted for Jesus, maybe your act is to try and be positive and try and be upbeat, and not even in a, you know, cheesy way, but you're just trying to keep morale up. You will probably not have an easy time of it, if the culture is that toxic, you will probably be slightly ostracized, you'll probably be maybe branded as a suck-up or someone on the side of the establishment or, or whatever. That's probably a situation that some of us know really well. And that's really hard. And I don't know, maybe you're thinking of examples in your own life where you have encountered something like this. You have met criticism from an act of devotion to Jesus or you have been condemned, or even like I said, in your head you've been questioning, did I do that for the right reasons? But I would want to say to you, let Jesus rewrite that narrative. Let Jesus be the one who is speaking over us. Let him be the one who is guiding us. And, you know, other voices are important in our life. I'm not saying we should never listen to other people. But if you truly believe that you are acting out of God's will and God's intentions and you're in line with Scripture and you have sought wise counsel, 
then keep on going for Jesus and try not to let those other voices be the defining voice in your narrative. I would hate to think that Mary went away from this, feeling burdened by Judas's words. I would hate to think that. I don't think she did. I think her love for Jesus was stronger and deeper than that. But I would hate to think that she went away forever changed by what she heard from him. And then finally, uh, number three, Jesus' response is the only one that matters. So verse seven, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Jesus defends Mary, and he defends her choice in this. He defends her actions. And he acknowledges this is a really significant thing that she's done, that she has anointed him for his upcoming death. And actually, he doesn't just um, praise Mary. He condemns or rebukes, probably is a better word, he rebukes Judas and the disciples and he reminds them, it's a plural, so it's not, he's not just talking to Judas here, he is talking to the wider group. He reminds them that there will be plenty of opportunities to serve the poor. And the acts of devotion and acts of compassion are not mutually exclusive. And he reminds them that he's not always going to be with them in that same physical way he was right then. Jesus is pleased with Mary's actions, and he praises her. Jesus is our audience of one. He is our reason to give our best. He is the one we are pouring out our offering for. As a response to what he has already done and who he already is and forever will be. Giving our best, I would want to say tonight, it is for Jesus and it is for Jesus alone. He is our audience of one. When I was in my final year of Bible college, that was a phrase that really got me through, actually. I sort of was in rock bottom for a lot of different reasons. And giving my best looked very different to what it would look like today. And I really want to say that it's a really important point, that seasonally, I think giving our best is going to look different. And it's important to realize that different stages and seasons of life, that will be the case. Circumstances may dictate what our devotion looks like, but God's goodness and his faithfulness and his worthiness will always be forever worthy of our praise. But I think it is really important to note that. So for me in my third year, giving my best it looked like asking for essay extensions because I realized I needed more help and more time. Giving my best looked like sitting in my wardrobe, praying and sobbing in equal measure because I realized I couldn't do it in my own strength. Uh, giving my best meant delaying a placement. It meant swallowing my pride and having to finish my degree five weeks later than all my other classmates. And giving my best was met with criticism and critique and concern at points. <laughs> but I held on to Jesus. I held on 
to my audience of one, pouring out my love and my life, even when it was costly, because it is costly. And I say all, all of that to hopefully encourage you to whatever stage of life you are in. The wonderful thing about church family, isn't it, that we, we're all at different seasons, we're all at different stages. We all have different emotions tonight. Um, and God knows. <laughs> but giving our best is not... <laughs> It's not about religious, pious language. It's not about having it all together. It's not about knowing the answers. It's not about knowing your Bible the best. Giving our best is giving our all, giving our real, giving our authentic, messy selves as we are. And giving our best ultimately is about being devoted to Jesus Christ the one who has forever rescued us, forever redeemed us, and forever loves us. And as we approach Easter, where we celebrate and we praise God and we think and reflect on these incredible truths, may we know that he is our reason, the only reason that we have to give our best. We're going to be taking communion later, and... As I was thinking this afternoon, actually, just about communion and what I wanted to say tonight, I was thinking about how we are all welcome at the communion table, aren't we? However we come, even if we feel like we're not giving our best, even if we feel we're kind of half-hearted at the moment, even if we feel like we're running on empty, even if we feel like, you know, the best we've ever felt in our relationship with God, however we come, we are welcome. And I want to say again that giving our best means giving our real to Jesus. Because Jesus can handle real. <laughs> Better than any of us can. Um, so Jesus is the one we worship. He is our audience of one. And I pray that we would know that this Easter time that giving our best means pouring our lives out as an offering in response to what he's already done. And no matter the critique or the criticism or the condemnment we get, Jesus' response is the one that matters. Uh, so we're going to sing again in a minute, but why don't I just pray for us? Lord Jesus, I thank you for Mary. I thank you for her example. I thank you that you are good enough and big enough and real enough to handle us, to love us, to be in relationship with us. And thank you that we come exactly as we are and we are loved by you. And I pray that you would help us to give our all, to give our best in response to who you are and who you forever will be. Thank you for your love. I pray each of us would know it so deeply right now. We bless you, God. We honor you here tonight.
Amen.